Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's episode number 56 of the Audible Farm Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Couchtown Coffee. Couchtown Coffee is roasted right here in Iowa, and it's available to be shipped to your door. That's right. You can ship it to your door just like everything else you get shipped nowadays. I mean, who doesn't love going and shopping online and having things shipped directly to your door? You might as well ship your coffee to your house as well. Couchtown Coffee, like I said, roasted right here in Iowa. You can go to www.couchtowncoffee.com and you can find whatever coffee you want based on what they have available. They will roast it to your specifications and they will ship it to your house. What's more is they're sponsoring the podcast and they are giving you an opportunity to save 20% on your order of Couchtown Coffee. 20%. That's unbeatable. So you can get the coffee shipped to your house Basically, the shipping is deleted when they take 20% off. Not only that, but uh, it's a little bit more than more than the shipping usually. So you can save 20% pretty much getting free shipping on your order at www.couchtowncoffee.com. Make sure you enter the code word TYRANT to save 20% on your Audible Farm Couchtown Coffee order. The code word, once again, is TYRANT. Why is the code word tyrant? I'll tell you what, this week I'm doing something I don't think I've ever really done too much of, and that's interview a whole band in one podcast sitting. I I had talked with all of the guys from Tyrant Souls. Um, Mainly, I I had most of my uh, conversation was done with uh, Donnie Bates. Donnie's the vocalist and bassist. And and when we were talking, he was saying every single guy in the band wants to get on the podcast but not every guy in the band wants to talk for an hour. So what they decided to do was uh, invite me over to their practice pad and uh, sit down with each and every one of them and record a little interview with each one of them as far as uh, where they've been, uh, how they got started playing, uh, what, what direction they're taking the band Tyrant Souls in, uh, and, and things of that nature. They were very, very accommodating. They've got a show coming up uh, later this month with Texas Hippie Coalition. That's going to be an amazing show. We talk about that in the upcoming podcast. We talk about everybody in the band, what their roles are in the band, where they were before the band, where they see the band going, and so much more. This podcast is uh, is very good. Like I said, the guys from Tyrant Souls, um, the hospitality was amazing. I cannot believe... Uh, I don't know. They just treated me so well while I was there. And I really want to say thanks to you guys before the podcast starts. I just want to say thanks to all the guys from Tyrant Souls for being as awesome as they were while we were together. So thank you guys very much. I hope you guys all enjoy this episode. It's episode number 56 with the entire band, Tyrant Souls. It's the Audible Farm Podcast with your host, Peter Stockdale. I'm going to be sitting down today with different members from Tyrant Souls, and we're going to be talking about uh, how they got started, who's in the band, what drives them to be in the band, uh, you know, what their influences were, where you can find them, all sorts of good stuff like that. And we're going to touch on most of those topics with uh, as many of the members as we can, so we can get a nice little uh, smattering of exactly what you guys are all about. Um, sitting down first, I've got Donnie Bates. Uh, Don, you were uh, Donnie. You want to go by Donnie? Yeah, Donnie. Donnie. Yeah. So, uh, Donnie, you actually were the one that kind of contacted me about uh, 
doing an interview and uh, you wanted to include as many members of your band as you could, which is a, a very good tactic. I, I haven't done too much of this on the podcast yet, but it's it's a good idea because, uh, you know, we get to hear what each one of you guys are about in one nice shot. So what uh, what do you do in the band? I mean, I've got it on my lead sheet here, but let's talk about it. Well, I'm the lead vocalist and, and bass guitarist in the band. Uh, I've been playing musically for about 30 years, uh, various instruments, and, and bass was one of them. The, uh, the interesting thing was I got a call uh, a little over a year ago from Mike Kello and was asking if I was interested in coming and singing for a band, you know, come check it out. He found a really hot guitarist. So I went and checked it out, and, and before the end of the session, we, we got uh, decided that I was going to become the bassist in the band instead of hiring somebody else so i, I i'm dual purpose well, so you went double duty on that one yeah now i hadn't uh, picked up a bass in several years so that was quite the challenge of patting your head and rubbing your belly all at once yeah you know? yeah no kidding singing and playing is uh, not an easy task in any capacity i don't care who you are and what you're doing right um i don't care if you're playing the drums sing uh, playing the drums and singing oh my god that'd be that'd be insane i don't know I can't even imagine that. But even playing any sort of a guitar and singing is not easy. Right. So props to you for doing that, man. Did you and you play bass in this band? Did you start off originally playing bass, or what was the thing that got you to start getting into music? Uh, well, that dates back to uh, about 1981. I picked up a violin. My mother Whoa. enforced the issue, and I I carried that through until uh, that would have been 1984 that I stopped playing and, and I picked up a guitar. And uh, funny thing is, is I didn't want to go into high school carrying a violin to get my you know, my <laughs> butt kicked. So yeah, I, get I picked up a guitar and uh, I ran into some friends, other musicians, and, and one fella pretty much strong-armed me out of this guitar I just bought and get, handed me a bass guitar. Huh. And it was this old man's jazz bass. And, and I mean, the thing was beat to crap. Yep. So. He says, yeah, man, if you want me to be in this band, I'm, I'm going to have you be the bass player. So that's that's where all that started. But I continued playing acoustic and 12-string. And, oh, cool. and uh, as far as different genres, I ventured into country as well. Oh, crazy. But, uh, yeah, it all started with the violin. I went into viola and, and went through orchestra and all that jazz. You know, I was a little band geek. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm actually finding that a lot of people grew up being kind of band geeks or whatever we right. started somewhere i started playing the trumpet so like oh right on you know everybody's got their own little their little thing going on you said you got uh, uh mike in the band uh he's your drummer we'll talk to him in a second yes uh, you said he contacted you about uh kind of getting involved in the tyrant souls thing how did you how do you know mike uh i played with mike with a band called devil's deck okay uh we were together for about three years and uh you know the band kind of dissipated uh -huh. you know, at the end and i was yep. sitting with nothing going on and he knew it and so he contacted me working with me before mm -hmm. and uh he was wanting to you know i didn't know if it was going to be a cover group or, or original or what but they were leaning towards original yep well i'm a songwriting fool man oh, nice. so i walked in the door the next practice with four or five already completed songs oh cool and we just started applying music and it just i mean it clicked that's cool you know so when that magic is happening you just don't stop so so how long did you guys practice together as a band before you finally took your first booking as a band uh we had four practices as a complete unit as you see today all right 
And that was at a place called Eastside Stock, which is coming up here in a couple of weeks, actually. So ne- is that, next that like week. A, is that like a yearly show? Yeah. All right. Uh, I believe they're in their third year. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. So uh, you guys ended up, I, I feel like there's a lot of bands that do that where it's just like, dude, we got something special. We got to go show somebody else or like at least take it to the stage and see what everybody thinks of this before we go any further. With right. It, you know, were you guys well received there? Oh, yeah. 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 That, you know, at our age, you know, we're kind of an older group, of course, of, mm-hmm. of guys, but our demographics were there. These are the yep. people that know us. And to be honest with you, we're an all-star team. We've yep. all been through the mix of different bands. And, okay. And someone, one of our fans commented that, yeah, you guys put together an all-star team. It's, yeah. good, it's good to see that. So you, know. you, so you guys are like a super group of the area. Then pretty much. For, uh, pretty of, much. Of past bands. Do you think there's like a little influence of your past band coming into this band? or? Uh, uh, yes and no. Uh I, I've been in original acts before, mm-hmm. and uh, you know I, I played bass guitar with them. I didn't do too much lead vocals, but uh, backup vocals and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I was always writing the songs. Yeah, you know, so that influence has really stepped out into front street, so to speak. I can see because that because now I'm in that position. Yeah, that, you're singer songwriter and and musician right, in the band. As, right, you know, we're all creators. Yes. you know, in regards to this, and that's what's the beauty of this band mm-hmm. is you know we're all coming from different age groups. I'm the youngest in the band at 49. Nice. You know, and there's Dude, a, you would have, you would have fooled me. <laughs> there, there's a nine year span between us. You know, the, mm-hmm. the other three. So you're coming from different generations, but mm-hmm. not that far. Yep. So we all pretty much have that same mindset of music yeah. core, well, and and that's what makes up Tyrant Souls and our our sound. I would have to say, generationally speaking, uh, as far as like the music you guys grew up with, there was still a predominant factor that people holding instruments were making music. Oh yeah. And, you know, there wasn't so much of uh, a lot of people in a studio. Uh, behind the scenes, playing to backing tracks, whatever right. you know, is going on today. A, a lot of our shows that we have done with uh, some of the national touring acts, uh, you know, they have a lot of that backtrack computer generated. And we're kind of like ACDC's mindset. We just go out there, plug in, and rock the hell out of it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you, uh, you play, it says that you, um, I was looking online. I saw you guys have a, a pretty awesome show coming up with uh, Texas Hippie Coalition. Is, yes. That's correct. I yes. saw that right. So uh, yeah. do you want to touch on that a little bit here? Well, uh, our promoter, Aaron Wilson with Metro Concerts Live. Oh, cool. Uh, yep. he, he, he has come out personally and, and watched one of our shows. And uh, he knew the the minute that that dropped in his lap who he wanted representing, mm-hmm. you know, his promotion company, and we're a perfect fit. Yeah, and he's always constantly trying to fit bands with the touring acts. It does such a good job of it too. It's, yeah, it is insane. And I don't care what show you're going to, you're just like. I I don't. I've seen a lot of bands, and I've I get to exposure to a lot of bands, but. That's one promotion company that, as far as sticking local acts with touring acts, is like the best. Right. You know, so. Right. Texas Hippie Coalition, uh, one of their top videos has 11 million views yeah. and some change. <laughs> so, you know, they're not, they're not just a, a small time, no. you know, crew. These guys, matter of fact, I just met a gentleman a couple of days ago who's out of the Dallas area. Mm-hmm. And he said they're just out of control in Texas. Yeah, I've, heard, I've heard, man. Like, uh, their reach is only getting farther. And I've seen them twice, right. you know, so it's, it's one of those deals where they're... 
I've seen a lot of bands live, but I've also not seen a lot of bands live. And I've seen this one, and they're good. They're really good. Like it's it's pretty mind blowing how uh, their singer is this real big fella that just has uh, he just nails his vocals every time, and I I love what he's got going on. Right. You know. So I I don't know. They're a real fun band. If you haven't heard of them, check them out. I know a bunch of my buddies up in Northern Iowa really love them. So, so what are you doing on the twenty sixth October? <laughs> Well, what day was that? What is it? A Saturday or? Yeah, it's a Saturday. I could probably make it to that show. Well, I gotta... We got a couple tickets for you. All right, man. You got a girl that goes with you? Or yeah, we'll what see. Have we'll you. see what goes on. We'll hook you up. Maybe I can coerce one into it. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'll, I will definitely keep in touch about that. I've Saturdays are usually my like one of my only days off now. So right on. I, uh, I try to keep everything kind of scheduled apart. And Saturdays are like the only days I'll take bookings. And if I don't have a booking, I'm always looking to go to a show. So oh, right on. Yeah, I would love to check that out. Well, uh, what else we got to talk about here? We're going to talk about, uh, you, you were talking um, on the lead sheet, we were talking a little bit before the uh, conversation we're having that you got a pretty big support team, if that's not, uh, you know, as far as, as who supports the band and, and helps you guys uh, with your exposure and doing what you do. Well, yeah, first of all, uh, the ladies behind the scenes, each one of our significant others is probably the number one most important support team yes. because without them they wouldn't let us come play exactly you know? <laughs> yeah, dude it definitely helps to have somebody at home that uh is encouraging what you're doing yeah and they're all they're very influential and they're very supportive that's you good know, in our in our music and what we're doing that's good know? um we have uh we have so you know we're not just four guys in a garage so to speak we we come mm -hmm. as an ensemble of people that support and and play their part in the role, whether it's through Facebook or YouTube or, mm -hmm. or our website, for instance. Um, we have several people, uh, Sherry Irons with Irons Photography. She's done a lot of our band shoots and in regards to promotion. She's she's one of the number ones in Des Moines. Yeah, I've seen some of your promo pics mm -hmm. online. They look good, man. They yeah, look really she's, good. She's a rock artist's dream in, in regards to photography. Mm-hmm. And this woman I've seen climb on the floor just to get a shot, or climb <laughs> yeah. on a table, or have someone hold her up, or what have you. I yep. mean, she'll go to great lengths to get what she's wanting. That's good. You know? That's good. She's got a vision. Right. Yep. And uh, let's see. Uh, our videographer, Jerry Dunn, a lot of our YouTube videos, he is responsible for. Uh -huh. And he's new to our team, but he's going to be continuing and following with us, you know, in the future doing. Uh -huh. Uh, live video shoots yep. for us as well yeah that's that's actually like when i started audible farm that was one thing i was kind of aiming to do originally was just like every show i go to i'm just going to do my best to take a video shot of some b other band that right. may not have somebody like that on their team so it's really good that you got the support system here to help you so you don't have to rely on right on some random schmuck with a cell phone camera to just <laughs> <laughs> well you know we we actually on our uh, facebook page we have a a, a fan section where you can uh, send, you know, write and link up into our fan uh, Facebook page to where you can upload all our oh, cool. your own videos right into our fan section. That's and that, awesome. That's the only section we have for that, mm -hmm. you know, but it gives our, our fans an opportunity to kind of be a part of. Yeah. You know, and sometimes, believe it or not, you get some people that get some pretty good shots. Yep. You know, and they're not as poor quality as you might think. Uh-huh. You know, so yeah. any avenue, any direction we can get people involved, that's what we're we're all about. And that's what it really is all about, too, because, mm -hmm. like... If you go see a band and they're awesome and you try and hit them up online and nobody responds in any capacity, it's kind of just like, what? what's, 
you know like what's going on here you know right. i want to tell you guys you're awesome where are your shirts at or whatever you know like and they're just not there it's kind of weird right so, so it's cool that you got a not only a videographer but like you let your fans kind of jump in on on the art too right you know that's really awesome and we, we've had some contests uh we also had a uh well dominic derringer is one of our promoters yep and we initially got in touch with him and then of course he went to great lengths to help us in the digital you know marketing field yep and he had sent some material to uh canberra australia uh-huh to uh i'm trying to think of the radio station 89.3 all I right i think it was but uh anyway they played our our single that he sent, which was Free Your Mind, uh-huh. and that was on the charts for close to 40 weeks solid. Jeez, that's yeah, sweet. That's, in you know, I touch base with Dominic. He says, oh, no, it's in their rotation. That's it's still, They're still playing. That's awesome. So now what they have done is they have an XM channel, mm-hmm. and then, of course, we're in that rotation. Oh, sweet. So, yeah, so You guys can cool. be heard on XM. I, that's what I've been told. That is sweet. That's super <laughs> yeah. cool. That's got to be like a really good feeling. I mean, oh, yeah. just getting stuff on the internet, you feel pretty kingish, but like getting on XM is insane because that goes around the world um, broadcasted. You know, It's not something you got to hunt down because everybody right. just turns on XM and listens to it while they drive anyway. We uh, we stepped into the idealism of, of merchandise and how to promote and market. And one of the tools that we are using currently is our webpage, mm-hmm. which is www.tyrantsouls.com. Nice. And going there, you can go through our merchandise that's you know that we currently are running, which we're getting ready to upgrade. But you also can see biography about the band a little bit, you know, and it's pretty cool the way it lays out. And then upcoming events, we try to keep that as current as possible. Yeah. But uh, our web designer, Casey Ryan, is responsible for that. And uh, we also have the merchandise support team, which is Adam Hansen at Fatboy Treasures. (laughs) And he is a wonderful man. He'll, He'll let you come into his shop. And sit down, and, and all four of us have done this, and walked into a shop and designed, you know, whether it was an EP release, you know, image, or uh-huh. or a new shirt idea, or, you know, what have you. And, I mean, he's the nuts and bolts that make that entire website happen. So does know. he do, like, a digital media, or does he, like, print your shirts, or, like... He, how- he does all the printing. Uh, the way we're, our sales is working is, is everything we put in imagery gets put into a digital image online before anything hard copy gets sold Mm -hmm. so we're getting a preliminary marketing Mm -hmm. on people's hits on what shirts and what buys and so forth before we bring those to a show you know so we can kind of do the hit and miss on what's going to work and what's going to not before we make an actual you know purchase for sale dude that is so smart i uh i just like just this week got shirts for the audible farm podcast i haven't even announced it yet to anyone other than facebook so if you're listening and you only listen this is the announcement i got shirts but like <laughs> i i went in dryly and was just like i don't know how many i need do i need five do i need ten who's gonna buy what what color right. do i need to get like sizes i don't know so i just bought a small listing of shirts and was like well, we'll just start with this for now and you guys took the guesswork out of it by, right. by doing and a little bit of research. He, he's ideal because he kind of goes, he's been doing this business a long time and okay, he, yeah. he goes with the market of season. Okay. You know, yeah. so we're stepping into the hoodies and, and the heavier. And then in the spring, we'll go to the tanks again with a different, That's but so smart, you know, the actual merchandise material of what you're putting out there is very important. Yeah. Not only, 
it takes the guesswork out of your imagery design because you just don't know. Mm -hmm. I was in a band where we designed, uh, it had not really a half naked, but a very attractive woman printed on the shirt and, you know, some wording and blah, blah, blah. And that, I mean, we spent a lot of money on this Mm -hmm. and it did not hit. Yep. And it wasn't really, it was summertime, it was tanks, it was female shirts and so on. But then someone came along with, let's put a rose on the back of that instead. Mm-hmm. And then things sold like hotcakes. There you go. You know what I mean? So yeah. you, doing it digitally, it takes all the guesswork out of that. Yep. Because you'll never generate anything unless people are actually saying, yes, that's the one, that's oh, yeah. the one. Yeah, it makes you know? sense. So it's very cool. That's that's really neat. Like that's something I feel like maybe some other bands could probably take away from just just this first part of the podcast. Right. Is, uh, the way you market yourself, um, whether or not you're a small or big band, it's going to mm-hmm. be pretty important. So you don't waste time and money and energy and effort. Right. Dragging shirts around that nobody wants to buy or, or well, whatever. Even with our Facebook page, I mean, we're kind of elementary in that aspect. You know, a lot of bands' pages, you post something and then it scrolls down, you know, mm-hmm. the more posts you get. So if you're looking for something, a show date or something that was in the recent month and you're pretty active, mm-hmm. that's like 30, 40 rolls down. Yep. In our page, we designed an actual main page and then individual group pages leading to our merchandise, which mm-hmm. links you right to our web page. Yep. Our photographer's page, where you can have any shirt or any picture off that shirt image, or off of her page, put onto a shirt image. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So, you know, and the fan page is open simply for the fans. Yep. You know, and we did giveaways and contests and stuff, and and uh, we actually did a song title, you know, contest, and it was our 10th song. And the winner that we chose, you know, the best song title, won a shirt and an EP and so on, well, that's that's exactly what we have decided our album is going to be named, is that oh, cool. song title. Dude, that's and awesome. we are also looking at releasing an album sometime in 2020, and of course, first a single, you know, mm-hmm. and, and the decision on that single song choice has not been made yet, but uh, the album is going to be entitled Live Free, Die Free. Live Free, which Die is, Free our number 10 song that we put out as a contest winner. That's cool. So we incorporated a lot of that connection Yeah. by doing that. But the, the Live Free, Die Free is a great slogan, you know, and a lot of people connect with that simply. Mm-hmm. So if we get the right imagery to go along with that in regards to an album cover or merchandise support, I, I think we're going to be gold. Dude, that, that's really good. Like, I... I'm, uh, let's just say you're putting a lot more thought into this than I did with my merchandise. <laughs> like, right. I just had like one logo, slap it on a shirt, see what happens. But uh, dude, that's really cool. I mean, that's I like how did how did you find yourself with the ability to do this or think about it this deeply? Is like one of you guys like a head of marketing at some company somewhere or like? Uh, I'm, I'm a very open-minded and uh, I don't know how you want to put it, but uh, I'm a thinker. Okay. And I'm very well motivated in the marketing and sales business. All right. Um, that's not what I do as a day job okay. <laughs> by any means. All right. But this is my passion. Yeah. You know, I love music and, and I love what we're doing. And, and these are the tools that I have to offer. And, and, Bingo. And that's what we go with. Bring them to the table. Right. That's something else that I think uh, a lot of bands might short sale is the ability for somebody in a band to help them with more than just 
slapping the bass and, and singing the songs, right. you know, like everybody has these set of skills they can bring to the table. And, uh, you know, one of them definitely has to be like the marketing, organizing, thinking, driving right. force. And it's not like everybody else in the band isn't pushing the best they can, but sometimes it does help to have, uh, I don't know, like in, in my bands, our bassist is like the sound tech guy, you know? And right. so like everybody's got their little niche where they pick out what's going on that, you know, one one person knows more people than everybody else, you know? So one person is like the networking guy, you know? And, and I've been the guy stuffing everything online for, you know, the punk band. I mean, so everybody's got their little, their little thing that they find. And right. it, it feels like you're taking this, you know, very seriously. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's one of my strong points. And honestly, in the in the musicianship in the band, I'm probably the weakest link as as a bassist. Yeah, I'm not as uh, up to par as as a lot of bassists out there that I recognize as true bassists. Yeah, you know, but I'm competitive. Mm -hmm. But I, you know, I'm average at best, and I accept that. You know, as a as a musician, and vocally. I just have a unique sound. I don't think I'm some kind of phenomenal singer by any means. Sometimes you know, being but, unique is what it takes. But the connection with our music style and what we've produced, it, it's just a, it's a nice blend, mm -hmm. you know. Well, so. as far as uh, you thinking you're not a talented person, like, let me put it this way. Like, there's a, a lot of middle ground between Lemmy and, like, Les Claypool. Right. But people still think Lemmy's a good bassist. Right. You know? And right. uh, so I wouldn't sell yourself short. Not well, saying not saying you're Lemmy. Right. But, uh, you know, it's I wouldn't sell yourself short in that aspect at all. Right. Uh, I mean, especially taking on singing and playing bass. I mean... Not everyone can be Les Claypool. No. Les, Les Claypool is also, I'm not going to shit on him, but he's not the greatest singer. <laughs> Sorry to use profanity, but no, you know, no, like that's it's, all good. It's, uh, you know, seriously though, like he's, I wouldn't really call it the greatest singing ever. Like the, it's not anthemic rock like a queen or something that he's belting out so right <laughs> so you were talking about you how you have a, a a big support group it has networked very well through your facebook page and you've done a very good job of that but you everybody can find you on your website as well where else can people find you online because there's uh, uh, different places for well due to the courtesy of crazy one promotions uh reverb nation spotify uh itunes apple music you can uh, run us down. Mm -hmm. We have uh, the song The Ripper out on a, a single, and I, I think it's 99 cents or something. But, nice. You know, so you people know. can go to like iTunes and type in Tyrant Souls. Poof, right. There and you that, are. that single is actually off our EP, uh -huh. and that was the first five songs that this band you know, generated. Uh -huh. So we were immediately getting out in, you know, into the market scene by creating that EP. And now... <laughs> <laughs> there it is. And that'll be for you. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> Guys, appreciate it. We, uh, uh, you know, we're we're sitting well beyond a freshman album of, as far as material, mm -hmm. and we are continually moving forward. Mm -hmm. You know, so getting into the studio this winter and completing that, you know, whether it falls into summer or or maybe even the spring. You know, in a recording aspect, it's a lot of bands do this and they'll promote their album and they'll say it's going to be released in you know april of 2020 yep and they'll delay that because when they walked in the studio they hadn't even written one song yeah i mean right? that does happen but that that concept has been just conceptual yep. you know and that's what we're following as well but we have spent the last year creating all the music that yep. we're applying exactly so now it's just getting down to the engineering process and completing that and mixed and mastered and out the door yep 
you know, and packaging it and, and moving forward. So, so you guys, have, you guys have plans for an album coming up. You're more than prepared to get it oh, yes. laid down and, and get it out there. So, so you've got an album coming out in 2020. Is that what you're? Yes. All right. Uh, what else for future direction do you think you're gonna take this band in? As far as as you personally, like what what kind of what kind of things well, do you have? Well, we're 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 trying not to put any kind of limitations on us by any means. You mm-hmm. know, we we look towards you know any opportunity. You know, and we'll bring that into the band setting. Everything we do is decided in a in a four party democratic vote. That's smart. You know, yep. And there's no true one leader over another. We all hold that you know that same title yeah and we you know we respectfully if one is unable to do a show then that's the way it is you know and vice versa yep yeah that's really smart because i mean i i'm it's tough to be in a band demographic and like the dynamic everybody has from spending so much time with each other it's it's difficult it really is it takes you have to take time out of your free time during your day when you're not working a day job i mean you already don't spend enough time with your family so then you gotta spend time with other people and to have that democratic, like the democracy, the diplomacy to, mm-hmm. to handle yourselves that well is, is shows wiseness beyond years uh, at any age. I don't care what age you're at. Dude, like there's, there's heavy rock bands that are super popular nowadays. It's like 60 plus year old dudes still fighting with each other and breaking up every now and then. Oh, right. So, so it's, it's, it, it is it's, very, a, it's a marriage. Yeah. Honestly. And I've, I've had a few. They all know that, but you know, <laughs> I, the hellhounds are not chasing me anymore. Yep. So we'll just leave it at that. But I'm, I'm, I'm with truly. I'm with a, a group of gentlemen that that are professionals. Yeah. You know, we're we're a nice, clean, squared away band. That's good. That's you know, good, no man. bullshit. No. I mean, we we all have our little you know differences, like any human on this planet. Exactly. But we all, for the greater good of the band, know exactly what's most important, and and that's our fans out there. Yeah, it's not like I don't know. Sometimes I feel like uh, it does happen in the scene where bands just aren't being as supportive as they could be, even to their like own fan base or at a show or things like that. And it it's very obvious that you guys, I I've seen you one time at a Dominic show, mm-hmm. and it's very apparent that you guys aren't taking any sort of drama from anywhere and just like spewing it out into the public right because i hate to see i'm not going to blame bands for it but it's it's kind of one of the reasons i wanted to show everybody's bands and and as people in in the public eye is in the podcast was that um sometimes i would see bands and their negativity on the inside would be showing on the outside when they were playing right and it it was like well this is kind of it's kind of difficult or it's difficult (laughs) to see like band members fighting at a show pre or post playing you know right. and it's like oh man now i was gonna go up to these guys and high five every one of them and now i don't want to get yelled at you know right so, right so you guys do handle yourselves very professionally and it's uh it does show you guys have done a, a very good job of that and uh i mean it's a lot of that comes from each one of you guys adding your own aspect to the band mm-hmm. um is there anything else you want to uh add to this uh, we've you and i have eclipsed 25 minutes talking already no i you know i think that pretty much covers everything i wanted to generate out there you know we have uh three of the other members of tyrant souls that would love to sit in my place and talk with you yeah let's bring them in uh i've been talking with donnie bates you're uh, the vocalist and bassist for tyrant souls thank you very much thank you man appreciate it Mm -hmm. okay uh we uh switched seats around here chinese fire drill wait it's 2019 can i say that shit i don't know all right we might have to edit that out uh we're sitting down now with uh kirk winders is it winders 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 all right 
um, you know, Winders, but it's kind of spelled. Is it spelled like? Is that how you spell it, it, Winders? Well, they, I've been called Winders and had people tell me it's Winders. Uh, my family has pronounced it Winders. All right, uh, since I was a kid. So it's Kirk Winders, but you are winding strings on the guitars for Tyrant Souls. Yes. All right. Uh, you would be the lead guitarist, right? That is correct. All right. What kind of got you into this band, or what was the what exactly started all of this? For Actually. You? Uh, I was at a show uh, with with uh, some friends of mine, and actually, uh, he's a drummer in a another band I'm in, and uh, we're sitting at this show, and I'm I meet them there, and next to them is another friend of mine, Mike Kello, sitting there, and I get talking to Mike about music, and uh, I knew he had just parted from a band he was in, and asked him what he was up to, and he said I'm uh, playing some original music. And he said, uh, what are you doing on Wednesday nights? And I said, well, not much. You want to come over and try out? And I said, well, you know what? I'll come over and just check it out and see what it's all about. I said, really, I'm not a lead guitar player. I like to refer myself as a guitar player yep. uh, rather than a lead player. But I went over, and uh, I'd never met Brett before. I knew Mike, and I knew Donnie. And when I walked in, I was shocked to see Donnie there as the bass player because I know him as a singer. Uh-huh. And uh, they had like, I think, three songs that they were working on. Mm-hmm. And I just sat down and started playing lead riffs to it. And it just kind of started flowing. And the thing about this band, we get together and play, and it seems like it just comes out, it flows, it's natural. Yeah. And that's something that's kind of special to me uh i played music i've been playing since uh i was 10 oh uh, wow <laughs> and i started my first band at 14 nice uh, well let's, so let's... i've been playing for a lot of years what was your first band's name let's oh. uh it, it was called we were called side street and i gotta tell you danny halterman uh plays in a band i'm in john the john c band mm-hmm. and he is the drummer today in that band and i played in him in side street oh uh, i was 14 and he was uh 15 or 16 i think he's two years older than me that's cool yeah. that's really awesome and still playing with him today uh like i told mike i said i play in the john c band but i'm always willing to play music because i music's in my soul mm-hmm. i mean i play music for myself basically uh, people talk about getting paid money for playing music. I get paid when the crowd reacts to my performance. Yeah. And that's, I, I mean, money doesn't buy that. And yeah. that's where I'm at. I play music because it makes me feel good. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what I said to Mike when we started. Uh, if I enjoy it, I'm going to come back. Yeah. And here it is over a year later. And, and we we've, we've got... 13 songs worked out we're working on the 14th and Dang. you know we just keep going forward and working it out and we played some national with some national acts and got some exposure and it's been really good for this band i feel okay so like uh we did talk a little bit i talked with donnie about how you guys are gonna be playing with texas hippie coalition yeah but who, who else have we, you played we, with we in the past we played with uh saul which is a upcoming band and them guys were phenomenal uh we played with uh my epic smile empty souls oh cool uh yeah, I've heard wolves of at the gate were really good small town titans were just a riot to play with uh them guys are really good uh and then we played with fire from the gods okay and them guys were just to me 
exceptional. Be they they recognized people playing music for the same reason I play it. Yeah, and that's it's in your soul and makes you feel good. And they're they're all about that. And if you haven't seen them, Fire from the Gods, I, I strongly recommend them. They're they're awesome. Uh, so y- y- we've been talking about how you have like you've been playing music pretty much since you were born. What got you started? Like, what was well, did somebody buy you an you, instrument I, I, first? I, or? My family was into music, but I I got to tell you, I bought my first Grand Funk Railroad album, nice. and uh, I wanted to be Mark Farner when I was a kid, and I and I got an electric guitar. I had blonde hair. I grew my hair long, and I just wanted to play and sing like that guy. Unfortunately, I can't sing very well. Don't play guitar very well, but I keep trying, and that's all you can do. But I I have a lot of fun playing music, and like I say, Tyrant Souls, this band, has done a lot of good for me because it's it's brought me out of, I would say, like a shell that uh-huh. I've been in my whole career. Yeah. It just opened up, and I play stuff from my heart instead of you in a cover band you're learning a song and you want to play it exactly perfect just like they play yep and in this band here it's from the heart you're playing natural Mm -hmm. and and it's a totally different atmosphere ball game for me i i just really enjoy it that's probably one of my favorite parts about playing in an original band versus a cover band would be the fact that like you can see everybody's personalities kind of coming out in the instruments they're playing um some bands do like it seems like they do chisel everything out and it's like this is your part and you have to play this part and only this part and yep. like it does happen like that sometimes but a lot of times you can see like oh this you can totally tell that this person used to listen to music like this 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 and this yeah. and that's what's coming out and they're playing yeah and, and that's what's such a special part about finding four or five six people that can stand together because it's it's just four of you guys in this band yep. but finding that many guys that can stand together that have Music of palatable tastes that kind of mesh and lead, lend themselves to one another, and 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 it blends. Uh, we, that's what I mean. Uh, my style of playing opposed to Mike's style or Brett or Donnie's style. We we come together and we kind of bring our styles together and make a a new style is what I like to say. Yeah, yeah. And, and so I don't know. This band has been a lot of fun for me. I I've really enjoyed it this far. And looking forward to what we're doing in the near future is really exciting too. Yeah, I was talking with uh, with Donnie about you guys having an album coming up. That's that's going to be really sweet. I uh, definitely can't wait to listen to that. You guys also have that big Texas Hippie Coalition show coming up. Yeah, so. and and we do have some big festivals that we're researching for the 2020, and that that's the thing. Play playing big shows is a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just. Uh, an environment where there's a large group of musicians. I love it. Yes. Oh, yes. When you get a big festival or we played some, the East Side Stock thing that we're doing next weekend, I think there's eight or ten bands. Uh-huh. Local bands just get together and everybody plays a few a set and has fun and it's just really a good time. Yeah, I, I've i definitely thought that like it's... it's when I started doing the podcast and going out and talking to people and going to a lot more shows and seeing other musicians, the camaraderie that you feel amongst other musicians is almost unbeatable. Cause I mean, I just, I described it in a couple podcasts back, but it was like, even if you make a mistake, it's not like somebody's just like, ah, gotcha. They're almost like winking at you. Like nice save, you know, like yeah. it's one of those deals. It's not, yeah. nobody's out there to hurt anybody. Nope. It's, it's and, awesome. And, and that's another thing. Live music. The beauty of live music is there is mistakes in it. Yes. And, 
when I go to shows, I, I don't, I mean, that's part of the show. That's special if they made a mistake. When you see a band like Kiss make a mistake, yep. uh, that's, that's magical because they don't make mistakes. Exactly, you know I mean? yeah. So you got you, you're, you got to be feel lucky is yeah. what I say. Yeah, exactly. I, I mean, it totally doesn't have anything to do with this, but this is why this, I was thinking about it the other day, like why is this meme so funny and it's not offensive? And I don't, I don't know how much time you guys spend online, but somebody had posted a picture of like, whatever somebody's smiling just like giving the thumbs up and it was like here's a picture of me getting done with my solo realizing i only nailed three three notes of the whole thing yeah you know it's just some guy smiling through it and it's like why is that funny because it's really not that funny but it's funny as a musician because yeah. you're like that yeah. can happen yeah that yeah. you know yeah. that could happen so yeah. and when it does it's, you just gotta smile through it and go with it yeah. you know and just laugh it off because i'll tell you what if if every time i made a mistake i just stopped in my tracks and and halted uh my, my life would have stopped a long time yeah, ago, you know? Yeah, so. you can't, well, with, in a live performance, no matter what, keep playing. Yep. No matter what you do, keep playing. That's what I say. And and have fun. Like you said, it, a lot of bands go out there with anger. Uh, I go out there with happy. I'm, yeah. I'm happy to be here, and I'm ready to play for you people. That's, that's the attitude I think this band brings is, you know, we're happy-go-lucky energized yeah yeah i mean so. it's very apparent i mean uh just sitting down here and meeting each one of you guys it's it's been very apparent that you guys all are in this for the right reason it's not like if we don't make a million dollars by 2020 we're out of here yeah. we're gonna break up and split different directions and try something you know it's like well i remember at 18 i remember when i was a kid uh quitting school to become a rock star and uh then i got a job with polk county and got a career and mm -hmm. uh worked my whole life and now that I'm, i did retire and now i'm playing my music like i want to do nice nice so you're actually living your dream like, i'm you, living like you my want, dream like you wanted to yeah uh, 40 years to do it <laughs> hey don't give up on your dreams people oh man so uh, you play the guitar. Did you ever play any other instruments at all? Or uh, I've tried to play a lot of different instruments. Uh, I'm not very good. Uh, I could play a little bass. Uh, uh, people throw rocks at me when I try to play drums. <laughs> uh, I have violins upstairs that I can't seem to play very well. My son plays every instrument very well. I did play the trumpet. In school. Oh, nice. Uh, Fellow trumpet player. I don't know if I could play one today. Probably not. <laughs> you know what's crazy is I picked up a trumpet a couple of years ago. Just to, I saw a band with a trombone in it. I'm like, that's cool. I want to try it. Let's see what I can do with this trumpet. Picked it up and I was like, I still remember so much of this. It's well, wild. That, that, that would, I don't know if I could do it. But I'm not sure if trumpet fits into Tyrant Souls. No. 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 no probably not. So uh, there's everybody shaking their head. No, probably not going to be a trumpet player in Tyrant Souls uh, next album. So don't be holding your breath for that one. <laughs> So we've we've talked about quite a few different things here. Um, I covered a giant brunt of what uh, Tyrant Souls is about, as far as like where you can find you guys online and things like that with Donnie. But is there anything else you want to go over in the podcast? Um, Not really. I mean, uh, we just uh, we're looking forward to playing music next year and uh -huh. having the fans get out and hear our new music. Uh, but outside of that, I'm just fired up about what's happening with this band and where we're going. Awesome. And it was. It's great to talk to you always. Yeah, man. You want to give any shout outs before you take off? I just thank you for your time. That's all. Dude, I, I really, pre I really appreciate it, man. Thank yeah. you so much for joining right. me on the podcast. All right. All right. Uh, now I'm sitting down with Mike. Uh, Mike, we've we've mentioned you. Oh, nice. That's there, a new shirt. There's a new shirt for me That's right there. A new, new Tyrant Souls shirt. Yeah. That's awesome. My design. That's sweet. Guitar pick. Yeah. Sweet. 
I like that. It's got to have gargoyles. We got gargoyles down here. It's got to have Oh, gargoyles. yeah. Oh, dude, that's cool. I know. I actually haven't, not that I, I haven't really looked around too much at your guys' practice pads. It's kind of neatly decorated. You got yeah, some uh, deer, right. deer skulls and some gargoyles and stuff yeah, going on here. It's right. pretty cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, thanks for the shirt. And, oh, I got a sticker. All kinds of, of goodies there, That sticker is definitely going on the guitar case. Yeah. I've got a guitar case that is just smattered with stickers, and it needs yep. another one. Yeah. So uh, we've mentioned you a couple times in the podcast, and it yes. sounds like you kind of were one of the guys that just started hitting people up saying, hey, you want to come over and jam? And uh, so how did all this come about? Sounds like you were one of the one of the first guys kind of poking people about this. And I was. Um, I, uh, I did start off, I played in cover bands for like 30 plus years. Yep. Got to the point where... Every song I played, I just wanted to gag. I couldn't stand playing somebody else's music anymore. I, I get you. Um, and I one day I thought, I'm done. Mm-hmm. I can't do this no more. I'm done. I left the band I was in. I tried to get them guys to do you know, some of our own original music. I wanted to write music. Yeah. And it went nothing to do with it. I said, okay, then I'm done. I, yeah. I can't do it no more. Dude, it's that's okay. Let's put it in a pa- more palatable sense for people that don't have the slightest clue what you're talking about. How would you like to listen to uh, "Sweet Home Alabama" and "Sweet Child of Mine"? And you know, how would you like to listen to just those same three or four hours worth of songs over and over again? It gets kind of old, but then if you're the one making it, it it does kind of. I bet you just felt like a robot out there. Like I'm just doing, oh, yeah. yeah, just, oh yeah, just yeah. You know. I, I got to where there was no feeling no more. I would mess things up, and I and I knew the song. Mm-hmm. But I got to the point where I, I didn't care. Yeah, because yeah. even though I was making, I was making good money doing it. Yep, and we were making really good money doing it. Yeah, but it wasn't about the money. Exactly, it was about what I felt inside, and this wasn't what I was feeling anymore. Yeah. So, like I said, I, I left the band. I ran an ad on. Um, some musician site off Facebook. Mm-hmm. Any guitarist out there who want to collaborate, start writing music. Mr. Brett Wonderland. Nice. Answered the ad. Um, I think that was like what, maybe October or something. I don't know. Yeah, September, October. Um, we met for the first time at the Polk City Square. Okay. I said, okay, well, I'll get off work. I get off work. Let's, let's just talk. Mm-hmm. Let's see what happens. He got out and I got out and it was we with it sat there for almost two hours. <laughs> okay, this is good. Yep. You know, you he's guys, got a good direction. I got a good direction. You, you guys can at least stand together for two hours and yeah, not hate each yeah, other. So yeah, yeah. we got a good start. Yeah, yeah we clicked. We <laughs> yep. clicked. So he was looking for a band. I was looking for a band and it just all just kind of clicked. So he came over to my house. He had sent me some samples and stuff that he had done, you know, other bands and whatever. And um I thought, okay, cool. Well, you know, I can work with this. I can put my style with this stuff. Yeah. And uh, so then uh, he came over, and we had a couple practices, and I said, well, this is going really well. I mean, everything just falling, falling together, you know. Yeah. Let's, let's find some other members. And uh, I said, I got the gentleman that I was just in a band with and a couple bands later, whatever, um, and he's got – he's a decent singer. He's got songs written, mm-hmm. and I think he would fit in good. Yeah. And that was Donnie Bates. Nice, yeah. Donnie came over, and all three of us just kind of clicked, like, okay, this was working out well. Yep. Donnie came over, and the first night, we had, what, two songs the night, first yeah. night, maybe? Yeah. I mean, it wasn't perfect. Yeah. But it was our own stuff. Yep. His guitar riffs, my my drum line, and Donnie's vocals just kind of all fit together. Yep. You know? That's, That's awesome. 
Well, this is just too cool, man. Yep. And then Donnie says, uh, I said, well, we need to look for a bass player. And or I said, I need to, we need to look for a bass player. And I said, well, you know, I've played bass uh-huh. in bands. I said, do you? I pulled a bass off the shelf. Here you go, buddy. You're the bass player. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, problem solved. Yeah. <laughs> problem solved. It's been decided. <laughs> <laughs> problem solved. And then, like I said, we was at, uh, what was it, Kurt? A Warrant. It was Warrant and Great White. Knoxville concert. Cool. Yeah. And uh, I seen Kirk down there. And like I said, I've known Kirk for a good number of years. And yeah. Dude, you want to play the guitar? <laughs> Sit in, you know? And he came over and it just all kind of just meshed together. I mean, it all just felt right. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Everything, every guitar riff that he came up with, he had a backing for it. You yep. know? And it just kind of just, everything just feels perfect yeah we didn't we didn't set out for a certain sound yep we didn't set out to you know put backing tracks we didn't do any of that we thought you know he plays the guitar riff hey let's, let's build a song off of that yeah Psh, let a song done yep it comes easy yeah like boom 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 like that it's pretty nice when people aren't uh negging each other in a band you know and oh, yeah and i mean it's not that it's not that like okay i'm not trying to make it sound like every band does that because i've right. every band i'm in is Pretty po- pretty pretty positive too, but there yeah. are bands that are flashing the pans because people can't get along with oh, over yeah. whose riff they want to use. And, right? Yeah. And no, all, no. I mean, in all honesty, we're all on this. We all should we're, be on the same battlefield here, all, fighting the same yeah, battle, exactly. right? Exactly. We're just making music, man. It's yep. what we need to do. It's my drug of choice. I have to make music. Yeah. yeah. Or I'm not a I'm not a good person. So. That that explains why, like when you were in a cover band, you kind of just it's just like this just isn't cutting the mustard anymore, yeah, like and you got to find something that that piques your passion again you know because otherwise Uh, it's yeah i mean after so many years of cover bands of playing yeah just i just can't do it no more yeah but now even though now we're playing our own music and we play them same songs every gig Mm -hmm. it's still it doesn't it doesn't get old because it's my own music yep yeah you you wrote it i wrote it yeah this is my stuff man yep yeah let's make this let's do changes that's why we decided to go out and play all of our stuff before we recorded it because then we can Try different things with different songs, and, yeah. You know, and then, then, okay, now let's record it, dude. That's you like know? the best part about that stuff. Even if you just play it all in your basement, a whole bunch, like you can't just like be like, I think we got this song down. Let's just take it to the studio and call it good. Yeah. If you play it a hundred times in your basement, someone might make a mistake, and you're like, that mistake sounded good. Yeah, let's do that. Like, yeah. oh, guitarist dropped a pick, and now yeah. there's there's no backing guitar track for four four yeah. bars or something. You're like, that actually sounds really cool when right. you drop one of them out. You know, yeah. So you. Or even in a live sense, that's where, you know, a lot of that kind of stuff, because, I mean, even as far as what I'm doing live, sometimes I'm just like, I'm going to add a little bit more mustard to this part or whatever, right. you know, like, and so sometimes you do that a little bit here and there and test it out and see how it feels. And yeah, you, you d- songs change, man. Songs oh, yeah. change over time. Oh, yeah. I mean, even, even you know, I, I sit down and, and I'm playing something along, I thought, well, maybe this will sound good, too, and I'll throw something else in. Yep. You know, everything's constantly changing mm-hmm. you know yeah which is a good thing because it, you're thinking yes you know it, it doesn't become old and repetitive yep after that you well, know and that's the other thing is like usually when you make a song it starts out kind of simple like we're just going to go this 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 we're going to do the third part and then we're going back to the first yeah. part you know but then you're after like well let's put a fill in here yeah let's put a fill in this part yeah. let's change this other part so it's <laughs> different than the first time we played it so you like well, let's put a different lead over top of the second time right. we play this and by the time you know it you're like oh none of these parts are exactly the same and we've got a whole song right here you know yeah. so yeah 
That's uh, and we've got a couple of songs that are just basically just jam songs. Mm-hmm. Once we will we'll do the chorus first, chorus first, whatever, mm-hmm. and once we get to a lead part, we'll just basically just jam them songs out. Yeah, and we all know how that song's going to end. Yep. Just when we get there, we don't know. Yep. Because it's just all one big jam. Yep. We're going to end in the same spot. It's going to end the same way. Yeah. But just when we get there, yeah. <laughs> Kurt will you know, give us a nod or whatever. Okay, I'm done. Okay. Yep. That's what we need to know. Dude, that's also some of the best part about being in a band is have, not having everything so chiseled out that like oh yeah, being live, it's awesome. And you're just like, let's let's go another round. Yeah. Let's go another exactly. round. And, exactly. you know, exactly. I absolutely love the ability to do that in a oh, song. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. Uh, I, I, I can't. Yeah, you're right. Some of these bands are just chiseled. It has to be this way. You have to step here. You have to step there. No, yep. no, no. That's, yep. To me, that's that's when it has become a job. Yeah. And this is not a job. Uh, it's, I don't know. It definitely shouldn't shouldn't feel yeah, like one. It shouldn't feel like one. Yeah. Right. Right. This is just like I said. This is what keeps me sane. Yeah. And you're doing you know? it. You're doing it for the love of this. You, it's exactly. not like it's not like okay. <laughs> if you want to put it in other like black and whites, I don't think you left a paying job playing somewhere to go to somewhere else that was going to be an inconvenience to not right. not get paid as much as right. As, right. Because that's the unfortunate yeah. truth of, right. of yeah, music yeah. today. We, we don't we don't make nothing now. What we make goes back into the band yep. and to buy merchandise or whatever. That, that's we all, don't make nothing. That's now. All, every one of the bands yeah. I'm in functions, man. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. We all we all doing it because we love it. And yeah. and if we didn't love it, we wouldn't be there. That's know? right. That's right. So, like, you did you start playing drums initially? Did you like play in high school, or is it just uh, something you been, just picked started, up when you were I young? I started playing drums when I was about five. <laughs> I did uh, school programs. Oh, cool! And everything. I, in fact, I would set. It would just be me, and they would turn on the a record player, and mm-hmm. I would play along with the song. Oh, nice! That's how I would do all through school. That's, I would do that all through school. That's cool. And then um, when I got out of school. And I did the partying for a while, you yeah. know, and did all that. Didn't play for a lot. Then I started playing again. I got into a lot of bad things. Yeah. So then well. I just had to walk away. Yep. I walked away for a good number of years, raised a family and stuff, and yep. Good. started playing again. So. Yeah, man. I and I mean I was the same way in my twenties. I didn't have my head straight. I didn't know what the hell I wanted to do. I didn't. I didn't play guitar for like seven years. Yeah. You know, I wish I would have had those seven years back to at least just hold a hold the damn right. guitar in my hands a little bit. But sometimes you need to take a nice reset of what's going on to recapture what motivates you in your life. Uh, oh yeah. Me in the last three or four years does not hold quantitatively like the same weight as me in my early twenties. Oh, yeah. I'm not the same person. I'm assuming a lot of us aren't, you know, uh, yeah, right. it is, it is kind of cool to like have the ability to like grow up and, and come back to something you once loved and then go at it with a new sense of drive and passion. Do you, oh, yeah. do you think that like the music that you listen to influences the way that you play? I mean, I'm probably sure it would cause you would just, they would just put records on and you would play along to them. Oh, right. So what kind of records are we talking here? I was big into Elvis. Nice. I played a lot of Elvis stuff. Um, of course, Wipeout. I grew up in the yep. 60s, 70s. Wipeout was big. Yep. Huge uh, for drummers. Yeah, huge for drummers. If for uh, some reason somebody hasn't heard it, go check it out. Yeah, it's, right. a, it's a fun drum part. Yeah. I remember being a kid watching an adult play Wipeout once, and I was just like, oh, yeah. my gosh. Oh, yeah. What is you going know, on? And that, that was a request. Mike's got his drums. He's playing Wipeout. I mean, it's just the way it was. <laughs> yep. You know? And, uh, yeah, like I said, I was big into Elvis. Did a lot of Elvis and... and uh, you know, I used to sit in my basement and put on albums and just play that whole album. Yeah. Thin Lizzy, Kiss. Cool. Anything 
from that era, dude. Know? That's, sweet, that's what I did, dude. Thin Lizzy's one of my favorites, dude. Me too, dude. I, I absolutely, me too. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> me too. It's been like the last four or five years, I've just been eating that up. Like, oh yeah, nonstop. I oh, love it. Yeah, I know. Oh man. So <laughs> Same you, here. So how did you? How did you initially know? Um, uh, Kirk, uh, you said you had no had met him before, and right. when you asked him to join the, how did you did you run into him like in the music scene somewhere before, or like did you grow up together? Or? No, we didn't. Um, he's an East Sider. I'm I grew up like Northeast Des Moines, and he grew up on the East Side. So our past had passed through the past. Okay, you know, yeah. hey man, how's it going? Blah blah blah. You know. Yep. And then uh, I was in a band with another guitarist from the John C. Band. Mm-hmm. And then I started going to see the John C. Band, and that's how I met Kurt. Cool. So, like I said, we had, we had met in passing. Yeah. But never, hey, you know, how's it going, blah, 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 you know. Yeah. Nothing like that. And then we started, I started going to see the band and stuff and started meeting all these guys. And, mm-hmm. and come to find out, you know, we all knew a group of people. Yeah. And we all knew each other. Yep. But it was just, you yeah, know. The, the circle was so big, there yeah, was no chance right. for you guys to get face-to-face yeah. and talk. Exactly. You know, and that's yeah. kind of crazy thing about like the music scene is I feel like it's everybody's slightly interconnected a little bit, whether or not they want to look oh, that right. deep into it. And that's what I'm kind of finding out doing the podcast is right. Is uh, it's 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 a smallish world out there oh, in the yeah. music scene. There might be several thousand of us, but there's only several thousand of us. You that's know? right. So that's right. Exactly. So how long did you play uh, in a cover band? How many years until you finally were just uh, right? Like I'm going to try and make my own stuff. You're talking like 20 years, 30 years. Yeah, probably. Back in, uh, yeah, this had to be at least 20, if not 30 years. That's pretty cool, though, to be able to, like, say you had a, a paying job and a, and a gig that lasted that long for 20 yeah, or 30 years. Yeah. To, be, to be active for that long would yeah. be, you know. But it wasn't always the same band. I, you know, you know, bands come and go. Yep. It's just the way it is. Yep. And I have a bad habit of getting pissed off, and <laughs> and sometimes my temper gets the best of me and somebody pisses me off i'm done i'm gone i'm see ya you yeah. know blah 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 uh and uh, like i said i've had a number of different bands uh throughout the years i played country for a long time yeah and and it paid the bills i was playing four nights a week yeah oh gosh and yeah and i, I was doing that at a 40 hour a week job and that's Jeez. when i was doing some bad stuff and yeah that's back when i had to walk away but, yeah yeah, makes yeah sense. i mean uh so I was playing, you know, four or five nights a week, making hundred bucks a night, plus working forty hours a week, and busy man though. Yeah, I was yeah. busy. Yeah, uh, I played a lot. <laughs> yeah, and like I said, then I walked away, and I, then I got back into it, and I actually met up with a, a gentleman. The band was called Rose. Okay. R O Z E. Okay. There's a gentleman by the name of Randy Van Hosen. I'd met him, and we had actually only lived like three blocks away. Oh wow! He had ran an ad looking for a drummer. <laughs> three blocks away he was three blocks away (laughs) and i met him and we ended up i ended up joining rose uh we we would hop in my van i had a van we would take the van out on friday we wouldn't come back till sunday we was gone all weekend we played friday saturday and sunday nice come back home go back to work do it all over again Mm -hmm. we were i was actually inducted with into the iowa rock and hall of fame in 2006 with a band called rose nice yeah um, about a year and a half later, Randy had colon cancer mm-hmm. and passed away. Yep, that's sad. That was kind of the end of that. Uh, we also had a little side project called AM Radio. 
Okay. Which is all oldies. Nice. We played car shows. We had a great time with that. Mm-hmm. We did a lot of that stuff. Dude, that'd be cool. Oh, yeah. That'd be awesome. Because then people like that 50, 60 stuff. I was... Uh, you know? okay, not to sidetrack you, but I was yeah. literally hanging out with some of my buddies, and they're all between like 30s and 40s, and they were just rocking like 60 songs oh, yeah. and 50 songs. And they're oh, like, yeah. "What's going on in here?" Oh, I'm like, yeah. "I'm not complaining. This is awesome. Right. Aren't you guys supposed to be listening to like Pantera and stuff?" Oh, yeah. you know? No, I mean, like I said, we was eating it up playing good every, music. Every man. car show in Des Moines, we played. You know, dude, that'd be and, awesome. Then when he giant took... built-in audience, even oh, yeah. at the car oh, show. Yeah. Oh yeah. And when he took sick, it just kind of you know, kind of faded away, and mm-hmm. I went and. I even played the blues for a while, did some blues for a while, and, yep. and then I started back into playing rock music. And Man, so you played a little bit of everything. I played, I played it all. <laughs> that's yeah. good. Well-rounded. I, yeah, that's what I, I got tired of covers. I just can't do covers no more. Unless we're talking about doing some Black Sabbath covers. Yeah. I can do that. I, but, yeah, yeah. yeah. I can see, and I can see that, too, where it's like, if we're going to do a cover, we're going to do a cover I want to do, as opposed yeah. to just doing one that everybody wants to hear. Yeah, you right. Know? So that totally makes sense. Yeah. Um, when we were getting everything organized for the podcast and stuff, we were I had to borrow a couple mic stands from you guys, and I noticed one of these came from um, back near the drum set. Do you yeah. do some singing? I do some backups. Nice. Yeah. Cool. That's about it, as far as it's going. <laughs> it's about all you need to hear of me is in the background. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> did you do any singing uh, in the past in your cover bands? I and did things a like lot that? of the, I did a lot of the oldie stuff. Nice. Yeah, I did a lot of the oldie stuff. Lion Sleeps Tonight and all that old stuff like that. I used to sing Tommy James and the Shondells. And I used to do that shit, but... Dude, won't. even playing the s- simpler drum beats and singing would be difficult. Now, we were talking about that a little bit earlier today, but just playing drums and singing is... Yeah. would be in, I would consider that something imp- I would consider it impossible because I can't even play the drums right. at all right. I play the drums as good as you play the drums people throw <laughs> rocks at me <laughs> oh, I'm over here gesturing at uh, at Kirk here because he had made a comment about how good he is at drums I think him and I were probably cut from the same cloth on that right. one no doubt so uh where do you, where do you see like uh, the band going as far as what what you've got to add to the band uh, I mean we've everybody's probably gonna have the same general-ish answer but uh, oh yeah just I would like to retire and just do this. That'd be nice, wouldn't Someday, it? Someday, yeah. it'd be nice. <laughs> yeah. I mean, my kids have grown. I'm ready to just pack up and go. So <laughs> if it happens, it happens. Yeah. You know? That's really cool. Like, the fact that you guys got something on the Australian radio, now it's on uh, XM. Yeah. Like, that's insane. Like, yeah. that's really cool. Send me a plane ticket. I've never flown before, but I'd do it. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, how sweet would it be if someone was just like, hey, you guys want to play a couple shows out here? Yeah. And, like, even if it was just enough to cover travel and stuff, I'd be like, yeah, I'm in. Oh, yeah. I'm doing it. Oh, let's, yeah. let's do it. Oh, right. boss, I'm taking two weeks off. See ya. Like, yeah. Right. That would be super awesome. Oh, I know. Yeah, I would like to see that happen. It may, it may not. You never yeah. know. Yeah. You roll the dice when you're a musician. Yeah. You don't know. Well, that's, and that's you when know? it comes back down to what you said initially was you got to have the passion to want to do this. Oh, yeah. And And if you right. don't have that, I mean, everyone's pretty good about ducking out when their passion dies off, you know? Yeah. And that's why bands have this thing. Because some yeah. people come in and think like, I'm going to be under the lights. There's going to be thousands of people yeah. every single night. Yeah. You know, it's when, I, when we're practicing, it's just going to be chicks everywhere, you yeah. know? And it's like, right. it's not like that, you yeah. know? No. It's not even close to like that. Yeah. No, How much time no. do you spend alone before you guys even get together to play? You know, like yeah. that's... Right. the stuff too or like yeah how long do you have to drive to a show you know those are the things that people don't think about oh, yeah. that when yeah they first initially set out yeah. to do this and then driving to the show ain't nothing it's a drive home yeah <laughs> Find, fighting to stay away dude you, know? you are right yeah but i'll tell you what doing this over playing you know because when you play the cover band 
Sometimes you leave home 2 or 3 o'clock in the afternoon, mm-hmm. and you don't get home till 6 o'clock the next morning. Yeah, because, I mean, they expect you to close bars down well, and yeah. play for four-plus hours yeah. and cover bands. So, yeah, it, you, you, and, and, and then you play this. We play for 45 minutes tops, mm-hmm. and it's, it's like a walk in the park for me. I, I can do this all day long, <laughs> yeah. over and over again. Yeah, I can set up my drums and tear them down in 15 minutes. Yep. You know, I, I got it down to a science at this point, so. Yeah, that's. And that is also one thing we we probably should mention about cover bands. Those guys are covering large blocks of time and oh, putting yeah. in ludicrous amounts of time to it's get brutal. to get paid the money that we are talking about. Because we're talking about how they will get paid more than us, but they're also putting in fourteen hours of a Saturday into a Sunday and getting home at six in the morning to make that money. Yeah. Uh, so they justifiably do yeah. deserve that money though yeah. too, man. Yeah. I've seen many of sunrises, let me tell you. Oof, yeah, <laughs> on the ro- sunrises on the road, man. Yeah, sunrises Ooh. on the road. That's, That's right. That's crazy. So you you just played the drums, you never played anything else. You got not not too much of a I have, yeah. You just, you just like beating on things yeah, then. Yeah. 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 So, so were pots and pans your first drum set or did did your parents buy you one or did you uh... Actually my parents was very supportive. I they bought me my first one. That's awesome. In fact, it, it it's kind of weird because my first drum set came from Woolworths. Okay. Oh, huh. And it came from which is now Woolies. Oh, no way. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's sweet. So the drum set you came from came out of a shop that was at oh. the building that Woolies is at now. Yeah. That's that's why it's called Woolies cuz it was the old Woolworths department store ah, that's cool yeah i didn't I know, know that dude. yeah yeah dude that's yeah, sweet yeah yeah <laughs> so you could you could go into woolies and be like uh my yeah. parents bought a drum set here yeah, exactly yeah <laughs> i've actually sweet. got pictures of it somewhere it was a little red little red drum kit and i've got pictures of it somewhere dude that's super cool yeah, yeah. oh man yeah you heard it here first on audible yeah. Farm. that's a cool story yeah. i didn't know that yeah I, yeah, I, yeah. Let alone, I didn't know you could buy a drum set from Woolworths. Yeah. You know, <laughs> back then you could buy anything at Woolworths. Man, you <laughs> know, so it was like one of those old Sears and Roebuck catalogs yeah, kind right. of deals. You know, exactly. they had everything in there. Exactly, dude. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. So we, I feel like we've uh, covered quite a bit here. We've yeah. uh, done done well over well over the fifteen ish. But but is there anything else you want to add to this? Uh, high fives to anybody that helped get you here. You know, thumbs ups and just everybody come to a Tyrant Soul show. Support local music. Yes. Uh, a lot of that's not done enough. Yep. You know, uh, I can't stress that enough. You need to support local music. Yeah. Because these guys are out there every day of the week putting their stuff out there and doing the best that they can, put on a good show for you, and they need some recognition. Yeah, man. You know? You're 100% right. Yeah. I guarantee no matter what kind of music you like, if you went to local shows, you could find half a dozen to a dozen bands that you would be like, these guys are freaking amazing. Exactly. They are right in my wheelhouse. Exactly. I mean, it's not like every band is going to be in every wheelhouse. You don't have no. to go up and just be like, this band's the greatest band. You're the yeah, greatest band. Right. You're the best guitar player. You're the best too. And just like, right. but you will find something that you enjoy. Exactly. So you're very, hit the yeah. nail on the head about supporting live music. All I can say is you have to support local music. Yeah. yeah. If you want to go see your buddy's band, stick around and watch the next band. Yeah. Show up early and watch the previous band. Yeah. Um, that's what it's about. I mean, that is that is what it's about, man. Exactly. That's, this really is. Uh, cool. I want to say thanks for joining me. Uh, Mike Kello, man. I really appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks, brother. Appreciate it. Absolutely. The wondrous Brett Wonderland has joined me uh, right now. You you are the other guitarist. Uh, yes. I guess if we had to put a label on it, you would be the rhythm guitarist in the band. Yeah. I don't. You know, I never really liked the term rhythm and lead too much, but at the same rate, it is what it is. You yeah. know. Um, yeah. I, I'm the rhythm guitarist in two bands. I definitely am surely not the lead guitarist <laughs> in one of my bands. That's for damn sure. But uh, how did you find yourself in this gig? Was uh, it was kind of bizarre. Um, Mike put an ad in in one of the local 
things on Facebook or whatever it was, and yeah. I just saw it and I thought, oh, that's what the hell, you know? Yeah. I'd uh, been in bands bands for years, and then uh, when the last band I was in broke up, um, we had my son and basically raised my kid and all that, and then it was like, okay, I've got all these guitars and equipment that's been sitting around for twenty years. Uh-huh. Uh huh. to do something with it. Yeah. So. It was just symbiotic, weird scenario that Mike put that up, and, and I think I was the first guy that called him. <laughs> yeah. And we got together, and it was like, well, I guess he didn't have to talk to anybody else. We kind of hooked up, and um, it took a while to get back up to speed, but um, it was a blast. I mean, it was it was cool the way the, the connection happened. Yeah. When he put the ad out, was did he like list, like, I... I like these kind of bands or looking for someone. I don't kinda... rightly remember. That's one of my failings is my memory's oh, crap. My, but... Mine's not. I look at all the stuff I've had to write down today. <laughs> exactly. Man. My memory's not the greatest either. So <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I don't remember what it was, but just something intrigued me about it. And I gave him a call and, and we talked for like 45 minutes before we ever met. You know, mm-hmm. like, like Mike went into. But um, no, it was, it, was, it was an interesting. The chemistry just seemed to click. Yeah. And then we went from there, obviously. Uh, what kind of bands had you played in before this? Or um, Actually, about the same time Mike and I got together, uh, old band I was in 30-some years ago, um, I ran into our old lead guitarist, um, Pat McMurray. Uh-huh. And uh, we started talking and, and reminiscing and whatever, and we actually got together. And um, then we got a hold of our old lead singer and bass player, um, Tim Grant, and that just kind of reconnected after I think it was 25 years. Oh, nice! What kind of music so do you guys we play? We do uh, we do kind of progressive stuff. Oh, um, cool! All, all our Pat's got like 2,000 albums. <laughs> um, he he was the archivist of any kind of music you could think of. That's crazy, man. Um, but yeah, we we do all kinds of weird um, progressive type stuff. We'll do stuff with I, I'm not a terribly good keyboardist, but I just you know well, I'll do a keyboard fill for this thing we do a lot of just straight recording and stuff like that yeah so you're pretty i don't know if we'll ever go out and actually play live but it's it's just we sit around and bullshit more than anything else yeah <laughs> it's fun dude sometimes yeah. it's nice just to have that outlet with somebody to yeah. sit down and play even if it's never going to make it to a stage and stuff like that you know yeah, yeah. so you uh you were like one of the first people to answer the call that that mike had online and said hey let's uh Let's, yeah. let's get together and, and play some music. Yeah. And uh, what were some of the first things you came over here and realized when you guys, because he said you guys had just like met up and realized like, oh, we, we at least have some stuff in common here. Like what were some of the first things you had in common? Did you talk about music? Or like, I like these bands or those yeah, bands? Yeah, exactly. And, yeah, we kind of listed off, you know, the, the genres that we liked and, and that, you know, hooked up pretty good. And mm-hmm. um, when we started playing, I think, because I've, that's, kind of my job and and obviously with Kirk too is coming up with riffs and I always lo- love Tony Ione because of what he did with with guitar I mean he is the riff god yep and I listened to all the old Black Sabbath stuff and um he was kind of my idol among yeah. others but um yeah when my when pa- uh, Mike and I got together that first night I just started playing riffs and stuff like that and we were hooking into the rhythm and the beat and stuff like that and it was mm-hmm. like no this is working you know you you know if you're a musician you know when something's working or it's not yep and it just kind of happened and it was like that's 
rare. Yeah. Know? I mean, sometimes it is tough just to get two people on the same page because you could have like a great guitarist and a great drummer, but if they don't have that mental connection, if their grooves just don't line exactly. up, the riffs don't match, you know, and exactly. it's just something doesn't, something doesn't fit. So like there is something to be said about being able to pick up on what the drummer's doing and try a riff that would fit to something that is in his wheelhouse or vice versa have the drummer be like oh that's a cool riff does this go with it or then yeah. change it up does this go with it better you know exactly. to, to have yeah. those abilities to do that and <clears throat> as far as playing like heavier music like you guys play because i would definitely call you heavier music than than just generic music I don't know if you, heavy metal. I don't know exactly what you would even call your guys' style. It's such a tough way to genreize exactly what you guys have going on. But it's it's heavy rock Ish. and roll metal stuff. Yeah. You know? So yeah. I always thought it would be harder to jam that out than a lot of other styles of music. Like how do you how do you how did you like break that barrier, or was that ever a barrier for you that you had to get over? Well, not because I'm left-handed, and okay, the guy in, in road film. Um, Patrick, he is left-handed, but he plays right-handed. Okay. And what we just, and I do it with Kirk, too, is we're kind of a mirror. Mm -hmm. I can look at him, and he's basically playing what I would if I was looking into a mirror. So it was for me, it was really easy to hook huh. into with right-handed players because they were just the exact it, opposite of what I yeah, was doing. So. Yeah, makes sense. And vice versa. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is kind of weird when you like... Because, I mean, as far as growing up and playing music, I grew up in the internet age. So mm -hmm. I was just, I got to at least have tabs. I got to have videos online of people showing, like, this is how you do it. But you would still have to sit down and, and watch people play to yeah. figure out what they were doing. And sometimes it does take a little bit, even if someone's like, okay, I'm right-handed and they're right-handed and they're kind of going this way. And you're like, when you're first doing it, it does take a little bit of mental energy to be like, I got to go this way. But if you're yeah. like, like you said, looking into a mirror, sometimes it's a little bit easier. Yeah, I, I, uh. When my mom got me this little Epiphone parlor acoustic at a garage, I still got it. It's a sweet little guitar. But anyway, I strung it up left-handed because uh -huh. I was left-handed. And anyway, mom said, well, you need to go get lessons, learn how to play this thing, you know. Mm -hmm. So I remember I went to a, the first and last lesson I ever had. <laughs> the first thing the teacher said, oh, no, you need to learn how to play right-handed. And I went, nah, that's not going to happen. <laughs> so that was it for me having any oh. kind of classical training. Dude, that's, um, and that's then, unfortunate. Yeah, you know? I mean, that was that time, though. Mm -hmm. I mean, and, and it was really hard to find instruments that were left-handed, so a lot of times I would get, like, double cutaways, ES-330s, mm -hmm. something like that that I could flip over. Yep. Um, I don't know how Hendrix did it with a Strat. That's just freaking insane. Odd, but. weird cut. Like the f oh, yeah, the how he got to the top end I of the neck. I don't even know, man. You know, <laughs> the cutaway was made for a thumb. Yeah, exactly. Not, <laughs> not for all four fingers. <laughs> no. That's wild. Yeah, I guess, yeah. you know, thinking about that, I guess coming from your standpoint where, like, if I want to get a left-handed instrument, it's going to cost almost twice as much, you know, Back or whatever. You know, it was, It's 50% yeah. at least as much on top of whatever a right-handed. So, like. Of course, you would want to get a, a, a right-handed one and then just flip it upside down and go with it. Yeah, I never even thought once about like I gotta. Have, it's got to be a double cutaway. Top cutaway has got to be pretty deep in there because mm -hmm. you got to get your fingers in there. Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm just going to assume you have since bought a left-handed guitar. I made two guitars. That you were made two. Oh, jeez. Yeah. My dad and I went down to Paxton Lumber years ago when it was still around. They had this huge inch and a quarter thick plank of genuine mahogany. Uh huh. And uh, 
I went, I got to help. I can, my, my, you know, we had a bandsaw, so I basically traced out a buddy's uh, strat, mm -hmm. and a buddy had an alembic, so I did ma basically made an alembic base with a Kramer aluminum neck. Cool. Um, and then I made this Frankenstrat thing that's got a, it's, it's got kind of a raised, like a Les Paul, so it's arched. Oh, you know, it's kind of weird, but dude, I, that's I neat. love that thing. And then I put a scallop neck on it and stuff. That's like cool. That. You still got those? Oh yeah. Dude, oh, that's yeah. really neat. Yeah. Building a guitar. That's, yeah. that's sweet. I think like the most I've ever done is just like remodel a guitar. Yeah. So, so that's the difference yeah. between remodeling a house and building a house. You know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I didn't of. quite put any of the you work in. You learn a lot of mistakes along the way. And, dude, that'd be difficult. But yeah. at the same rate, if you're if you just trace the the like a strat, then you cut it out, then you just flip it over, and now it's the mirror image. Exactly. That it, you that's know, that's something else I would. Yeah. That's brilliant. <laughs> I, never, I would have been like, well, we got to turn it upside down or something. What do we got to do to this to make yeah. it come out the opposite way? But you just use the other side. Yeah. So. The first time you put the router on it, you got to make sure. Okay, is this the direction you want to do it? <laughs> that's crazy cool. But. Did you do woodworking like uh, growing yeah, up? Yeah, my or? dad was kind of a jack of all trades so I, I learned how to weld and and oh, cool. working and all kinds of crap when i was a kid so dude you know, that was just those was stuff to do dude know? those trades are lost on today's today's generation even on my generation yeah, like i yeah. got i got the tail end of all of it like i can weld something if i absolutely have to you know i can cut stuff out of wood if i absolutely but i'm not a very good woodworker i guess so well and a lot of it's like music or anything else you have to have a passion for it and then you got to spend the time bingo you know, yeah that's a lot of it 100 percent, man hit the yeah. nail on the head yeah. uh pun may be intended there with the woodworking <laughs> I, don't, I don't know yeah. <laughs> so uh you, you had this first practice everything's going well all the rest of the band members come in you play a handful of shows is there any show that stands out specifically to you to just being like oh god i um, like this was the night that it all like feel like everybody was we are doing this for sure you know because sometimes the first show is get, gets a little bit a little rocky and you're like oh man oh, that, yeah. that was oh, good yeah. uh but we're gonna have to readjust a couple things and do this and like usually every band has that one show where there's like we turned the corner tonight we're doing this thing i think there was one we did the one we did at vaudeville but i can't remember who the <laughs> Fire from the Gods, I think. We had, Fire we, from we the just Gods had one. show. Yeah, we, we just, everything nailed. Yeah, you know, dude. The sound was good. That's a big thing is if, if playing live, if, if the sound is the way you envision it, um, I think then everybody kind of, you know, that's when everything gels together. And yeah. And you can hear each other so you can play off that. Bingo. Timing. For us, timing's a big thing. We want to nail it and, you know, um, so if, if we get a good good sound i mean that's i think that's critical when you're playing live yeah i mean it's really tough because if you think about it i bet every band is in the same predicament we are we play in a small room mm -hmm. together and practice and practice and then you go to somewhere like i don't know vaudeville where the ceilings are nine thousand feet tall and the yeah. building's 800 feet deep or no whatever you know it's yeah, yeah it's, it's it's a total different yeah, it's a huge building compared to where you're used to playing so you rely so heavily on the sound guy to pump you the right yeah. mix to hear it and then what the other crazy thing I find about like going to places like vaudeville is the stage you're hearing on the sound or the sound you're hearing on the stage is like not even close to what's no. being heard out there. So you, you could be nailing it out there, but if you can't hear yourself on stage, then you don't get to hear those subtle cues that you no, need as a band. That's, that's exactly it. So, you know, hats off to the sound guy on that. Yep. Uh, that was another one of your big shows that you played for like a touring band. Yeah. Uh, do you guys get picked for that one too? Uh, to, to play Donnie, on that show? I think worked that in. Um, cool. I think, I don't remember who got us into that one. Then. Metro. Yeah. Metro. Yeah. Like once um, again, coming in, picking it, they picked a good band to play with, to play with a band that, that fits with them and, and the fan base well, and, stuck and to it. That's the thing. All of us have been around. I mean, if you add up 
all the years we got 120 years of experience but yeah we uh <laughs> we uh this this year i mean that we've been together the stuff we've been able to do has just been mind-boggling that's what i was telling donnie when i was talking to him i said man this ride has just been freaking wild uh-huh. and it just looks you know next year looks like it's going to be even cooler than the last one so i mean that's and that and we're all having fun that's the main thing yeah you know? i mean that's come across very clear uh, as far as talking to each and every one of you that you guys are all very apparently enjoying what you're doing and yeah. that's uh that is a big thing as far as like driving a band to to keep going day after day into yeah. the next year to have plans to do more things because i mean there's bands that uh they do what they do but their kind of drive is gone it's like well we're never going to make an album we're just going to play you know shows when people want to book us and like yeah it's yeah. nothing against being in a band like that but to be driven like this you guys all definitely have to desire well, something music bigger is, is, i mean it's it's a communicative thing between the audience and the performers mm-hmm and if you've lost, it's kind of like being in a marriage that neither one love each other anymore. I mean, if the band isn't into it, how the hell is the audience going to get True. into it? You yeah. know? And it's like, if you're not there to, to embellish pleasure to the, to the audience, and you're just kind of going through, I mean, the Who went through that for the last mm-hmm. four or five years before they really broke up. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was hard to watch them. Because you knew they just had daggers, you know, at the other member of the band or whatever, Mm -hmm. and and obviously the audience picks that up. Yeah, it's kind of weird how that like nonverbal communication, and it's not even in like it's not nonverbal. It's 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 not even like they see people fighting with each other. They just you can just pick up on the vibe that somebody else just isn't quite where they need to be at this place to do this thing. It's almost like uh, picking out like a. I don't know, fake politician or something like that, or use car salesman that's crooked or whatever. Yeah. Just like something's not quite right well, about yeah, what's going on Yeah, you can just tell here. them they're 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 it's, something's off. Yeah, it's just something's yeah, off, you know. Exactly. And they could be nailing everything they're supposed to be doing, but you're just like, you know, one guy just isn't quite as into it. But that's yeah. that's like the craziest thing about this is like each each and every one of you guys, you get along really well, and you all you've all got the drive and the passion to do this, you know. Aside from working day jobs and and doing yeah. all because that's well, Kirk and I are kind of retired now yeah. so the other guys have to work which we feel sorry for them <laughs> oh you and i have uh, eclipsed uh, about 15 minutes here i feel like we've talked about a handful of things is there anything else that you want to uh to go over i mean anything at all uh, uh just uh you know that hopefully you know we'll keep progressing and and everybody will dig it and and I'm just I'm glad we're all together and everything's working as well as it has up to this point. So yeah, I mean, sounds like your guys' 2020 is is already pretty planned out. So yeah, yeah got a album kind of gonna be coming out. Yeah, yep, because yep. you've already you've already written all this stuff. Yep. So that's that's cool, man. That's really good. It's it's good to have these plans and to have a drive and have something for the future instead of just being stagnant and yeah and just taking yeah. things as they come. Yeah. Which there's nothing wrong with that if that's what you want to do with the band. But you guys definitely obviously have to drive to do something. Yep. So that's really cool. Uh, I want to say thanks again for joining me. Uh, I've had Brett Wonderland sit down with me the last 15 minutes. So uh, thanks a lot, Brett. I really Thank appreciate you very it. much, man. Take Absolutely. Care. There it is. The first time I've ever interviewed a whole band in one small little podcast segment. I'm uh, intrigued to see what you guys thought about it. I I like to sit down one-on-one with people and talk to them about uh, what they've got going on. And you know what? I kind of like the the tactic these guys took here. They wanted to try something new that I'm not used to doing, and I I obliged it. 
and uh, I think it went pretty well. It was good to sit down and talk with a whole handful of different people all in one shot, put them all in one podcast. Everybody's from the band Tyrant Souls, and those guys are a driven group of guys. They're all very nice. They all get along with each other really well. They're very professional. Um, boy, I tell you what, that's that's one of the things that I, I don't... It's not that I don't see in, in the public eye very much, but they are all handle themselves very well. They're very honest people. They're very nice guys. Uh, they, they couldn't have been any nicer to me. And I want to say thank you very much to every single person in Tyrant Souls. Um, whether it be Donnie Bates, the vocalist and bassist, and then second up we had Kirk Winders. Uh, Kirk Winders is the guitarist in Tyrant Souls. Uh, we call him the lead guitarist in G- Tyrant Souls. Yeah, definitely leads. Um, I mean, the lead and rhythm thing, I've always kind of not enjoyed the the title of those. But at the same rate, uh, lead, lead guitarist is uh, Kirk Winders. Uh, then we had the drummer, Mike Kello. Mike uh, came on and, and we talked about a lot of awesome things with Mike. And then last but not least was Brett Wonderland, the rhythm guitarist. Uh, I want to say thanks to each and every one of you personally for cutting some time out of your day to meet me. It's always the hardest thing to do when recording podcasts face-to-face is finding a time for everybody to get together and be able to meet up and, and do this kind of stuff. So thank you guys, each and every one of you. I really, really appreciate it. Uh, if you guys definitely like their stuff, check out all their links down below. I've got links to a handful of their different things where you can find their music, uh, the Facebook page, where you can find some of their merch. They've got new merch out, guys. Uh, new merch coming out, as well as that awesome show with Texas Hippie Coalition. Um, I'll tell you what, maybe I'll even put a link to that down below, and we'll we'll share that with everybody so you can go to that show. I know I will be there, because that's going to be a great show. So you might want to check that one out. Let me see if I can find the date on that for everybody. The date on that is going to be the 26th, October 26th. And that is going to be hosted by Metro Concerts Live at Lefties in Des Moines. So go check that show out. It's going to be stacked. It's going to be stacked. It's going to be a great show. I've seen Texas Hippie Coalition before. They always deliver. And it's going to be fun to see some local bands opening up for them, showing them what they got to offer. So make sure you follow all the links down below to uh, figure out where you can go check these guys out live because they play a decent amount of shows and uh, justifiably show. So they're a good band. While you're cruising the internet, go to www.audiblefarm.com. Um, a little, little something here. I'm working on a new website. I've been working on it for a while. It's not going to be too much different, but uh, just been kind of organizing some things together, trying to get some sort of a, a new website going to help people understand uh, what's going on out there in Audible Farmland and where they can find all the Audible Farm goodies. One thing I haven't really shared too much with people is you can go online on Facebook and find a post for Audible Farm t-shirts. That's right, Audible Farm t-shirts. Mentioned it in the podcast here a little bit, but uh, the t-shirts, you can go to facebook.com. There's a post there. There's one on Instagram. There's one on Twitter. Pretty much a post on all the social medias. But there's t-shirts for sale. They're 15 bucks each. I will ship one to you for $20. Um, you end up coming out a little bit ahead on that one because the shipping is usually more than $5. So uh, if you guys want, I will ship a shirt to you. Otherwise, I will uh, meet up with you at a show sometime. Or if you are somewhere near the same town I am, I will do my best to meet up with you and hook you up with an Audible Farm t-shirt. Uh, that's like the first piece of merch we've, we've sold. We did sell some stickers when we first launched Audible Farm, but... Uh, found it a little bit easier to just give the stickers away. So here's your chance to give back to the Audible Farm podcast. 
buy an Audible Farm shirt. They are so soft. Um, corrosive uh, screen printing in Des Moines. Let's see here. Corrosive screen printing in Des Moines. There they are on Facebook. Uh, love them. They did a great job. They gave me a, uh, an estimation as to how much it would cost. They gave me an estimation as to how long it would take. It came in slightly under budget, and it came in like a week before they estimated it to be done. So they did an amazing job. I, I, I Softest shirts ever. I mean, the screen printing looks amazing. They look great after they're washed. We had many debates over the color schemes we were going to use, and we what we came up with worked out really well. So if you want to see the Audible Farm podcast shirts, go to Audible Farm on Facebook. Check it out. Uh, while you're at it, you can go to Corrosive Screen Printing. They're right out of Des Moines, Iowa. They'll make you they'll make you t-shirts. Uh, they're going to be great t-shirts. They'll work with you on, on cost, design, how soft you want the shirts to be, exactly what you want made. They're really good. So uh, hats off to Corrosive Screen Printing. Thank you very much for the t-shirts. If you want to get your hands on one, go to Audible Farm on Facebook. Find, uh, find the post on our Facebook page. It should be pinned right to the top. Otherwise, send an email to audiblefarm at gmail.com. And uh, we can work all the details out, whether or not you want to meet up with me or ship it or or whatever else. I do accept PayPal. So that's how we're going to do that. Uh, now that you got the t- t-shirts and stickers noted, make sure you check out our sponsor down below, Couchtown Coffee. They got a promo code this week, Tyrant. That'll save you 20% on your order of Couchtown Coffee. We also, down below, have a new little partners section. The partner section is people that we're partnering up with that have the same kind of a general outlook on on what's going on out there that we do. And what we're trying to do is just kind of spread awareness. So we've got the Iowa Podcast Network down there, down below. There will also be a link for the Fort Dodge Fine Arts Association, who we recently joined forces with to help get the word out about art and things of that nature in northern Iowa. They've been around for a long time doing all of the actual hard work, so I want to give you know a big tip of the cap to them uh, for joining forces with us. If you want to partner up with uh, the uh, Audible Farm, <laughs> if you want to partner up with the Audible Farm podcast, just hit us up, audiblefarm at gmail.com. We can work something out. I'll put a little logo on our website or put you down below because all I'm really looking to do is to help out everybody the best way they can to get as much recognition for all of the music and art and everything that's going on out there. And uh, if I can't cover everything. I'm doing a once a week podcast and I'm, I'm having a hard time covering every single thing I can. So what I need from everybody else is if you want to partner up with me, just let me know and we can uh, swap our little logos on each other's websites and uh, maybe put some links out and talk about each other's stuff here and there. Uh, you know, like I said, anything for the love of music, I'm just trying to let everybody know what's going on because I can't cover the entire state all at once. I know for a fact there's a couple radio stations that do shows somewhat like this, and uh, I would love to get in touch with those guys and uh, kind of start pointing fingers at each other and say, if you're in northern Iowa, check this out. If you're in eastern Iowa, check this out. If you're in southwestern Iowa, check this out. If you're around the Des Moines area, check out this. So that way we can have a nice little network of all of these music and art-related things going on. And that's actually kind of what's been going on in northern Iowa with the Fort Dodge Fine Arts Association. And that's kind of what's been going on in podcast sense with the Iowa Podcast Network. So thank you guys very much for that. I really appreciate you guys partnering up with me. Make sure you check out all the links down below. I want to thank our guests once again. uh, Tyrant Souls, every single one of them. We're talking... Donnie Bates, and we're talking Kirk Winders, we're talking Mike Kello and Brett Wonderland. I had a great time sitting down talking to each, with each and every one of you guys. 
Um, thank you for taking some time out of your day to sit down with me. And thank you to every one of the listeners out there taking some time out of your day to listen to this podcast. It really means a lot to me. Thank you very much. Go to www.audiblefarm.com. Check out all the links to everywhere. Buy a t-shirt if you want one. We've still got some available. We'll check you guys all next week. Peace.